it's, 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 it's trying it's trying to log me onto someone else's Wi-Fi. Oh, it's nothing worse than being Dave logged Jones's. onto something you don't Dave want to be Jones's. logged onto. Do you know your your Wi-Fi code, Wi-Fi code off by heart? Uh, yeah, I think it's Z. And don't give it out. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. This might be broadcast. Yes, I could have a damn good guess at it. Yeah, I, I have one of those minds. You know, those minds that I can retain information. Uh, Rod, uh, Red, Reg, what's your name again? Reginald. Reginald, that's yeah, the one. That's yeah, the one. Yeah. He has a new name now, actually. Really? Yeah, that's true. Courtesy, and finally, courtesy of the great Ian Wright. My, my dude friend. I'm going to promote him to dude friend. Ian oh, Wright, Ian Wright. Ian Wright. You're Ian following Wright, yeah. each other on Twitter. Is that is that what good friend? He did. Is? He followed me the other day. Did he really? In fact, it was after it was after just before we made a, our second radio appearance of the season together. Uh, Righty, as I call him. I don't know if any oh. other, anybody else does. Uh, <laughs> no, you're the first. Follow me on Twitter, <laughs> which is a bold move, as it is basically confessing that he wasn't following me previously. Uh, and when did he start calling you Rosa? I spoke to Righty. Uh, there you go. There he said it again. Just Righty, it's Rosa. Righty, it's Rosa. Over here, over here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I spoke to him for a piece on Wenger, amazingly, okay. uh, in like March or April, and he he called me. We we have spoken and we have met before. Uh, but he called me Rosa during that. I was just sat in Casa Italia where I drink my coffee and make my phone calls. Did he come all the way up to Ditchbury? No, to I, was, no I was on the phone, that Stephen. That come on. <laughs> and he just he started referring to me as Rosa, and he did it on the radio the other day. Next, are you really close? He's seriously, you're very close with him. Can, no, well, not, next time you see no, him, we are closer. Can, can you don't be jealous. ask him? He's got my um, biography of Howard Hughes. I lent it to him at an England training camp, and I, he never gave me back. Like 30 years ago. Not 30 years ago, 25. 28 years ago, but I want this, but every time I see him, righty, yeah. all I can see is my Howard Hughes book and he, him not giving it me back. So if you're that close friends with him, you can ask him for me because I feel embarrassed every time I see him. Uh, I will ask him. I, uh, yeah. I, yeah, I will ask him. I bet him. he hasn't got it. Uh, do you want me to ask him in public? Do you want me to ask him? Embarrass him. On, on, on the radio? Well, send mm. him a direct a, message on Twitter. Yeah. Accuse him, Twitter, accuse him of being a... He's never going to have read it. He's never going to have read it, has he? Do you remember the book? Do I remember the book? Do you, do you remember reading it? Did you enjoy it? Yes, I read re- it. And I was reading it on England Duty and Wrighty but, but came over and said, wow, that looks fascinating stuff. Can I borrow it? Hang on, hang on. This is <laughs> a totally sure different... Sure, he didn't just confiscate it because he no. thought you were an idiot. No, this is, to- this is a totally different image of, of what I thought like mid, ni- mid to late 90s England camp was like. I understood yes. that it was all Liverpool and Man United yes, players being passive aggressive towards yeah. each other. Yeah. Uh, it, I didn't realise there was yeah, like a book. Yeah, but I was an Everton player. There's a book club. I didn't realise so there was. See where there was where it works between writing and myself. I didn't yeah. know there was like yeah. a book club element. It to wasn't it. a book club as such. It was me reading a book. How did the other players respond to you reading books? They didn't respond to me reading books or not reading books. They just <laughs> didn't speak to me. Apart from Graham Lasso, Nigel Martin, uh, Ian Wright, book readers, all, all book so readers. Well, they might well be. My, my they might well be. one of my friends at Stools, his dad was Nigel Martin's dentist. So Great family. Does Nigel he have Martin. good teeth? Nigel Martin is also a lovely man. He's a really nice man, Nigel Martin. Ah. I believe he's now a farmer in Cornwall. How do we get to this? Off the back of Rosa. I don't know. I don't know. What Rosa. Was you, what was your nickname as a player? Uh, I can't repeat that. Was uh, it Shaggy, actually. <laughs> Shaggy. Steve Redmond at Man City christened me Shaggy. No, uh, not very quick winner, Steve Redmond. He was a centre-half. Yeah, centre-half. Oh, hang on. Who, who are you who thinking, thinking of? of? Not very quick we Current Southampton player. No, <laughs> Nathan Redmond. Uh, hang on. Am I thinking of Ian Wone? I might be thinking about Ian Wone. Ian Wone? One of the best left-footed players in the history of football. I, I would say so. Certainly yeah. the best left-footed player in Britain in the 1990s. One of Dan Walker's favourite players, Ian Wone. Woney. Woney. Mm. Is Dan Walker a Sheffield... Is he a Wednesday fan? No, he, he, he hails originally from Crawley, so I think he has oh, a soft spot for Crawley. Fan. That's right, yeah. 
That's right. The geography on this podcast is extraordinary, isn't it? Welcome to Set Piece Many, the podcast where four friends talk football and geography over food. We are at Chinch's house, so that means three things. Good food, a wardrobe full of super dry upstairs, <laughs> and that we are only just a few feet away from the famous architect, Dave Jones. I can feel his presence through that beautifully wallpapered wall. Has he, can, ever, can't you? has he ever talked over the garden fence since we uh, We've started? actually passed my lawnmower over the garden fence, and luckily I got it back again. You know when you give a bit of... Gardening equipment, you think there's no way that's coming back. Lent in my lawnmower, he mowed his lawn. <laughs> he mowed his lawn <laughs> by knocking, knocking over, over a cup. <laughs> and then he gave it me back again. Unlikely and So right. we have and a very close friend. Ian, yeah, Ian Wright could learn a lot from that. It's yeah. a lot harder to, to find space in the shed for a lawnmower. I mean, mm. a power drill, you know, you could keep for yeah, months on end, but the lawnmower's coming back. But you do have my hedge trimmers as well, my battery-powered hedge trimmers, and they came back. Are battery you essentially some sort of garden yeah. item hire service? Awesome, they are. But the, the battery pack can be inserted in a variety of garden implements. So it's not just, you can, it's amazing. It's just, you click it in, you take it out, put it into, what else have I got? Oh, my strimmer. My strimmer's battery powered as well. Interesting awesome. fact. You know HSS, the power tool hire company? Uh, well, I know yes, them. Yes, I know them. Andy Hinchcliffe. I know them. Power tool hire company. I know them. I was going to say the H in that sounds for Hinchcliffe. Yes. yes, it does. Yeah. It's excellent, excellent. And so I just lend them out to, uh, to the community for what, a fee. What else is excellent is the food that we have been partaking of, of which we have been partaking. Let's try and get that right. Um, we have had, what, couscous, mm-hmm. frittata, Ooh. some cheese and meats, and yeah. some beautiful bread. So. Frittata is basically potato-y quiche. Potato with quiche, potato omelette quiche. type thing. Yeah. yeah, it was lovely though, wasn't it? It was delicious. It, was, it, was, it, it maintained a high standard that we have come to expect here at Casa de la HSS. Mm. Well, Steve was, you, I've never seen anyone wolf their food, but you've been swimming, haven't you? So uh, you yeah, have worked I, I've, on been with my, I've been with my six-year-old all morning. Extraordinary. That, that is gonna, mm. That's going to work up an appetite it for is, anybody. Yeah. Yeah. Where have you left him? Uh, he's with his mother. I haven't just abandoned him at the he's swimming pool. He's in the pool. shallow end. Daddy! Daddy! Yeah, he's still in the showers. It'll be all right there. Wait, See ya! Waiting for the exciting wave machine to happen again. Uh, we are grateful, therefore, and it is in no way a tit-for-tat response that Andy will be hosting the next two podcasts after Roy did the same over the last two weeks. Our rotation policy is in tatters. Uh, we used to do this a little bit better, but now we just basically take up residence at somebody's house and live there for seven days. Uh, there are also three things that we must do before moving on. Number one, who are we? We are me, Hugh Ferris, him, Steve Wyeth, that guy, Rory Smith, and over there, Andy Hinchcliffe. Number two, we very much enjoyed and appreciated all your iTunes ratings and reviews. This, uh, as I think we've mentioned before, is very valuable. There's some sort of magical algorithm that shoots us up the charts when people give us five stars and write something nice. So here's another regular reminder to do so and preemptive thanks as well. I'm particularly grateful for this one from Earlybird04, who gave us five stars with this message. Another review because Hugh asked for one. So if that's uh, the threshold after which people are prepared to give us reviews, that's, I'm asking you for another one. That is the most ringing of endorsements. <laughs> is that it? Is that all yeah. I said? Yeah, just, just another review because Hugh asked for one. Oh. Thank God that Hugh chooses to use his powers for good instead of evil. Yeah. Yes, exactly. I could ask for so many things. Mm. Also, if you are listening on the day that we will produce this great podcast on Wednesday, there are just two days left for you to enter and or edit your Premier League final table predictions in our Premier League final table predictions contest spectacular. Just click on the link on the Set Piece Menu Twitter account. I think we've retweeted it several times. We have, we so have. They're, they're very recent. Or go via this address tinyurl.com slash menu. When you get to the page, enter your team name, then put the 20 Premier League teams in the order you think they'll finish in May, and you'll be rewarded via our impressively assembled point system <laughs> so that we can arrange you 
in a league table too. You'll all be able to see your progress throughout the season, but you only have until the 1st of September to register your prediction. So that is Friday if you're listening on Wednesday. If you're not listening on Wednesday, it's still Friday, but it might be in the past at 6 o'clock in the evening. If you're not on Twitter, you can still just Google Set Piece Menu Twitter and you'll find it there without having to log on. And a reminder that our spectacular prize is, for oppressive and largely spurious legal reasons, something of no monetary value whatsoever. So don't delay. Join the Set Piece Menu. It's great to engage with our audience. Premier League guests, the final table predictions league. Who knows how it's going to end up in May? Competition. Can we get an algorithm that explains what you just said? Because <laughs> to me, that was gobbledygook. 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 you to say. Gobbledygook. Gobbledygook. It may well be, but massively successful. If we were recording, if we were Facebook live in this podcast recording, then everybody would know which European city that Hugh was in within the last 24 hours the way that he was waving his right arm around the gym. Oh, that's <laughs> what it was about, was it? Just just helps ah. me on the bit, the very few bits that I tend to read. I was just trying to articulate. So All right, hair with, with We understand. <laughs> right, there, was a, there was wild gesticulation. Yes. There was yeah. wild gesticulation. It was yeah. quite, um, quite you, vent. You, uh, you, you were certainly addressing a crowd larger than the one <laughs> yeah. that's currently within this room. Now, with all that out of the way, let's delve once again into the rewarding, rewarding world of football chat. The topic of discussion today is based on A, a fancy new thing at Manchester City, B, Rory's article on it, and C, the reaction to that. Do you notice there's a theme developing in today's it's podcast? It's numerical, one, two, three, alphabetical. ABC. Yeah, it's great. Trying, I really like it. Trying to be like a little it. bit more ordered. Okay. And magic of threes. Just remember that. Yeah. I should explain the nuts mm. and bolts um, with this disclaimer. I do do a little work for Manchester City. But I, I promise that in no way it has any effect on my feelings about the new tunnel club. My enthusiasm for it in principle is because it has its genesis in part at least, in what the Dallas Cowboys have done at their stadium in Arlington. I am nothing if not superficially impressed by a lot of what happens in sports entertainment in the US. Regular listeners will know that. These three are fairly exasperated about it. A few have complained about it uh, too. But Tunnel Club, if you haven't yet seen either Rory's article or many other conversations about it, is the idea that you have not unfettered, but newly fettered access to players in that you are able to pay a premium on one of two levels of Tunnel Club, ground level or premium level, which is below ground level, where you get to see the players come through the tunnel in a one-way glass situation. They don't get to see you because, let's be honest, we're Mm. uglier than players. And you get to watch them come off, go out. You get to see the manager's interviews afterwards, the player interviews. You're also given exclusive content um, to reward you for paying lots and lots of money. Now, Rory went to Tunnel Club Mm. for the first Manchester City home Premier League game of the season, which was against Everton. Andy Hinchcliffe was working for Sky Sports on that day and came down to talk to me Mm -hmm. in Tunnel Club and Steve just watched the movie Fight Club. (laughs) So Uh, perhaps, Rory, you'd like to throw in the the intellectual contextualisation. I've been very superficial about the reasons that I think it's quite cool, but that doesn't necessarily get to the heart of it. So I went to Tunnel Club, A, because I like free food. Oh, stop this, please. (laughs) Don't keep doing it. B. (laughs) It's only because getting to three is very unlikely for Chinch, even though he wore it for most of his career. (laughs) No, so I went to Tunnel Club largely for the free food, but mainly because I think it's, it's quite an interesting... Well, that's not true. I went basically expecting... For the food. You went for the food. I went mainly for the food. What did you have to eat? Uh, we, I had uh, 
beautiful beef with twice what chipped. It was really nice. It was it was. But then to be fair, you can notice the press the press room at City yeah, Amazing food. Good. It's yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Okay. Um, Although you eschewed it last Monday night because yeah. you had brought some sort of quinoa salad. You'd brought yeah, a packed yeah. lunch. Yeah, I you can't eat lunch. I can't eat. It's like a full roast dinner at four half past four in the afternoon. No one, no one does, does that even on a Sunday. It makes you lethargic. It makes my brain turn to sludge. <laughs> anyway, I went to Tunnel Club because I thought it was an interesting idea what they were doing. It's not just another sort of corporate hospitality area, but I kind of went expecting to to criticise it, to to talk about the the confection of proximity to the players. So this idea that you are you are closer to the players even though you're behind glass, and that this tight controlling, this illusion of of proximity of kind of what's the word? This illusion of being part of something, which you see as well on social media, which is that. You know, the player, a player has a Twitter account and it's, oh, you've got this amazing access to the player. You're part of a conversation with the player. But you're not because, as Cristiano Ronaldo proved last week with his tweet about which steel company he'd partnered with, the, the, <laughs> tweets are not, the tweets are not written by the players. The players don't care about what you say to them. They're not interested. They don't read their mentions. They're not interested in you. They are simply trying to kind of... It's a one-way conversation. It's a one-way conversation. You are listening to the players... Soliloquies about it, their lives. Was it Anichabi last year who retweeted the Sunderland Club tweet yeah. or t- yeah. te- text yeah. message yeah. to him yes. to thank? Don't forget to thank the fans. Yeah. Could you tweet something like this? Daily Blind had something similar as well, and it's this, yeah, this this confection of proximity, this this curation of their existence, and to me, the Tunnel Club seemed like something um, similar. It was built on similar lines, a kind of physical manifestation of it, where the club are basically saying. You are cl- look how close you are to the players. Ooh, but you can't touch and you can't do that. And we'll control it. It's controlled proximity. So and, I, I thought, and they won't be close to you. And they won't be close to you. They won't even be able to see you. There's actually quite a good metaphor in there for the relationship between players and fans. That the fans are desperate to be as close as possible to the players, and the players can't even see the fans. That's that's quite. A, so that's kind of the piece I was expecting to write. But when I was there, and this isn't this is in the piece, and I think it works as a line. I might, I apologise wholeheartedly if it doesn't. The, the sensation I had was that it was like an aquarium. It's, it's, it's an aquarium where you see the players go through the tunnel, you see them do their post-match media interviews, all that stuff. But what they're actually selling is the experience of being a fish. That's what, that's what City is selling. Mm-hmm. That sense that you are inside it, that you are getting the player's eye view. And that kind of made me think a bit more about the subject. And I, I kind of thought, well, actually, this is interesting. Why, are they, why didn't they just shove in an extra amazing hospitality suite, sort of, you know, gold lamps and, I don't know, Iron Brew, whatever they have in hospitality these days. Tizer, <laughs> loads of Tizer. <laughs> like big Tizer fountains. Free Tizer! <laughs> Which is what they had when Chips was playing. Like, the hospitality lounge is brought to you by Tizer. Um, and and it, I kind of investigated that. I spoke to a few people who kind of work in that, um, in that environment of trying to create match day experiences. And it turns out that there's a lot of kind of stuff at play, sociological, social science stuff at play, about how we as as consumers, and we are ultimately, we interact with football as we interact with all consumer brands, although we are more loyal to the clubs than, than we are to Nintendo or Panasonic or I'm trying to look around for other brands in Chinch's house. Super uh, dry. Super dry <laughs> or Waitrose Natural Mineral Water. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> mine. <laughs> the... Um, the we are, we are, the, the interaction we have with the club is basically the same as, as we have with all consumer brands. 
the, the way we behave as consumers has changed and what, what we want, what we prioritise more than anything are it's what they call experiential pur purchases, which are things that you experience. Now, to an extent, buying a ticket for a football match is an experience, but there are ways to heighten that experience. And this is something they're doing in the States a lot, which is to provide kind of a more active role for the fans in the game. And that's kind of what everything's become now, that we feel as though we have to be... We don't want to just watch something on TV, we want to interact with it, which is why TV programmes always suggest a hashtag. We don't want to read a magazine about celebrities, we want to be able to interact with the celebrity on Twitter, or at least have the illusion of interacting with the celebrity on Twitter. We want to be part of something, we've been taught, we've been conditioned for 10-15 years to say that there is an ongoing conversation between us and every product that we invest in. And football's no different, so that what they are doing is with Tunnel Club, to me, is they're looking for a way to Yes, to confect proximity. Yes, to create an illusion that you are part of something and monetize that. They're trying to fill that gap that the clubs themselves have created between the players and the fans. And they're trying to fill it with something you can make money off. That's all true. But they're also looking to heighten our experience, to, to create something more memorable because that has a value. And I think that's really interesting. And I think this is just the start of the process. I think it will did expand. You, did you speak to fa fans on the day? Because obviously yeah, it's the first time they've yeah. been. I yeah. presume they all think it's mind-blowing. But if you do it for three or four times and you spoke to fans, are they happy being fish and spending a lot of money to be fish? What was interesting actually about the balance of people, I was in premium. I don't know what Which it was like. Which is the downstairs the more part of the Tunnel Club. The more expensive bit. Well, I think it's 15,000 15 pounds a year. A year. 15,000 a, a year? A year. So, so a season ticket, if you so like. So how many get you, Is that Champions League? Or is it's that just the domestic? That's got all of the games. So you, you get, what, 25, 26? Mm. I guess, depending on the club draw. What I would say on the pricing, though, is 15,000 pounds is a ridiculous amount of money. You can buy games, one game, for 300 quid in the Tunnel Club. In the upper level? In the upper level. 300 quid is a lot of money, mm -hmm. but it's not an unfathomable amount of money. It becomes an unfathomable amount of money if you want to take your family, where it's suddenly 1,200 quid for, for one game. But 300 quid, if you're if you going to buy it for your dad or something as a present, it's, it's not unheard of. And, and Dad, I've got you a present, but you're going, going on, your on your own because we can only afford one. <laughs> the, See you later. We love you that much. Just so going on your own. City's, city's view is City's view is that there is that there is a yeah. It's probably not quite right. It is a lot of money if you want to go with somebody. And, and the city's view is that there are yes, there are price levels. The, the experience that you get on the top level is to to watch the players come in, which you don't get on the bottom floor. You get the the tunnel view on the bottom floor uh, you get exclusive content like for example hearing from Andy Hinchcliffe oh my God. after the game I think they heard from some, you can't I put think a price on that to be fair they nor should you try Paul Dickov at yeah. half time so yeah. you get you get extra conversations so real real big hitters real big hitters mm. well Paul mm. Dickov is a big hit currently current stars of Manchester City's well it's downstairs you also get a this is the other thing that's interesting is that downstairs there was also for the for the, the really really expensive seats there's also a Q&A with Brian Kidd about team news and there is a tactical kind of breakdown. They sent, they sent in two of the performance analysts to, to sort of work through clips and stuff. Mm. And again, that's part of this, this experiential thing. That the, they're selling little, little snapshots of, of what the club is like on, on match day. So it's here's the performance analyst who, do, who goes through the video clips. That's what it's like to be a player getting a briefing. And here's Brian Kidd. That's what it's like to be 
a player meeting Brian Kidd. <laughs> <laughs> Ask, asking where the cones and bibs go. And they, um, and they, you know, there's windows into the places where, where the managers do their post-match interviews. So this is what it's like to be a TV reporter. And, and they also a- get an extra interview, which is beamed into the lower level of the tunnel club. So they get to actually hear what is happening the other side of the glass, not just seeing it wordlessly mm. because mm. it's being broadcast yeah. on Sky yeah. or whatever. So, so who, do I, who do I make my check for £300? Pounds exactly, out to yeah. you? This is, uh, this is Smith. quite convincing. I'll, <laughs> I'll have a check for £300. Pounds. That's fine. Rosa so, Smith. But I think Rosa. What the, the, there's, there's a lot of interesting stuff at play with the idea behind it, which is partly, yeah, the, you can look at it and say they are monetizing a gap that they have some, that they have themselves created, which is true. But you can also say that this is a club looking, in an expensive way, to create a different type of match day experience for fans, which is something that all clubs are concerned about, whether it's to do with, um, I mean, the the. What's it called? The place outside the Etihad that you work? The City, City Square. Square. City Square, where Hugh does his strips or whatever uh, before matches. I do. And Honestly, just, just you should see the, the, the fans. The, the middle-aged ladies. I wonder why it was also always so quiet. When that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Funereal atmosphere as oh I take off, take off one extra layer because I'm often wearing some a sort of thermal underwear. Guy, <laughs> a pale white guy shivering on a stage. It's <laughs> a real crowd please. What people want to watch. Oh, so look at these thermal gloves as I <laughs> but tease so the a left are, finger off. Just to get back to some kind of sense here the clubs are grading the fans experience so there's different prices you can pay for different experiences on a match day so is there anything wrong with putting this layer in well so i think what the clubs are doing is they are exploring ways of of meeting a change in consumer demand so it used to be that you would go to a football match and sit and watch the football match and then you'd go home that's fine what's the demand there to have to, to, well, the, to do what, this or the so club saying that's what this I, is well, what we think people would want w- yeah I suspect it's more of the latter if I'm completely honest I don't know I think if Man City hadn't introduced it I don't think there'd be lots of people in expensive Same Gucci loafers knocking on the door saying why can't we see the players through glass where's my one way <laughs> purse packs <laughs> but if, if somebody was say to those people particularly if they they have a lot of money and they're often taking clients mm. and it is a uh, not just for them but for those people that they can impress if you were say to them and they would have done I imagine all sorts of market research to those kind of clients who they'll probably have a good relationship already would you like to see the players coming off going on and actually funnily enough part of it is sold on the idea of them going out but actually it's the coming in that's more interesting coming in for half time coming in for the end and seeing those those reactions the, the first the fights, game had the fights well, Pep Guardiola talking to Bobby Madley about something that had frustrated him because I think Carl Walker had been sent off in the first half so mm. clearly he wanted to talk to the referee about that, that that's the kind of thing and this kind of very sacred area of the tunnel and you sometimes come off the back of a, an advert break in, in Sky's coverage and they say oh look at this you can see that something yeah, happened yeah, in the yeah. tunnel yeah. I even remember when Satanta Sports were covering the Premier League they had Dan Rowan at the back end of, a, of the Old Trafford Tunnel and he was saying they were going down to him live and saying yeah. I saw this I mm. saw that so there is that element already pre-existing it, that people are trying to tap but into are those punters back in the tunnel by that because I, I mean, assume they've, get, they've got a seat in the stand the tunnel, the tunnel yeah. club comes with a seat in the stand I assume yeah. so the, the, you, the players and the man, you know the managers pretty quickly down the tunnel and the 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 fans who've paid 15 grand for their season ticket are slowly filtering their way down surely yeah. by the time they get back to tunnel club well, that's if something kicks off doesn't it are they just going to allow people to see or they, can they can they if things no, start no, to get they, they they managed to derby, if it happens start to get if it's oh that's it seen. so yeah. people can film these the, things the, to take yeah, it yeah. you can film the teams are warned the teams have, be, have all been told they all know about it you oh, can okay. be seen in the tunnel the number of games in which there is a tunnel fracas are very, very small. Mm. Uh, but 
presumably if you tell the teams look, don't do anything in the, in the tunnel that's one of my disappointments with the modern game there's not enough tunnel fighting fi- in tunnel tunnels. fighting yeah. the, in terms of the belters yeah but if, if they say look if they said to Fernandinho look if you're going to elbow somebody in the tunnel on the way to the dressing room can you just hold back for sort of two do it three minutes the because mm. our, our very very wealthy Tunnel Club season ticket holders need to get down here, have a drink in their hand ah. before you provide that level of entertainment. No, so that's a really interesting point, that it's not actually about seeing stuff in the tunnel necessarily. It's being able to see what it looks like to be in the tunnel. That's what's interesting. Yeah. So what the fans who are in there want to see, what City are trying to sell, is that experience, that glimpse of what it's like to be a player, what the players see, what the tunnel looks like. What, you know, how they do up the stairs, where they go to the dressing room. Do the players talk to each other in the tunnel? What does it feel like to be in the, t- what does it feel like to be yeah. in the tunnel more than anything? What does it feel like to be the manager doing his, his interview? This is what I mean. It's, it's, you're selling an aquarium, but the aspect is that of the fish. So you're, you're immersed in this environment that you have never seen before. It's an experience. It's an experiential purchase. That's what they're going for. And the ones that follow it, that's the, this is a philosophy, and it's not something that stadium designers all agree on. That's that's another thing I've discovered, that a lot of people do see it as gimmicky, and they do think it's fleeting, and that it's a fad, and that what people actually want is a more authentic experience. But again, with more authentic experiences, in inverted commas, you have to package them up and sell them as experiences. You can't just say... Go and buy a ticket, sod off, and the buy your pint. The authenticity whatever. drags down and the artifice rises up. Yeah, exactly. There's no way of doing that exactly. unless, unless you do it without so paying w- all the w- money. What but you will get is more and more, as Chinch said before, more and more bespoke match day experiences that can be tailored. So it's not just, so that it's all built around going and watching a game. Mm. But w- in every other sphere of our lives, we demand, demand interactivity. We're not used in our, in our lives to being passive observers anymore, and clubs are responding to that. But there's all sorts of things wrong with this as far as I'm concerned and, and partly it's his perception of a connection with the club and the players which most average match day going fans doesn't believe exists in, in the way that it should anymore uh, we, we, uh, Ahmed Youssef who's a listener of the, of the podcast read, your, read the article and, and he's sort of Said it was eloquently awful. summed this yeah, up. Said yeah, we awful. said the podcast was awful, but Rory's, yeah, grammar uh, Rory's was article. Dreadful, yeah. dreadful. They said fans' physical engagement with players hasn't been more distant, but strangely, have they ever had more access? Is that the kind of is that what clubs are trying to create? Almost this illusion. But, but yeah, yeah, they yeah, are. Yes, no, exactly but, but, right. But, but you can't. If you, you, you're not going to go back to the days where people are waiting outside the training ground and they all get to sit around and chat. You don't have fans travelling on the team bus to away games anymore. You're never going to have that anymore. So what are you going to do to try and at least create the artifice, which is an artifice which is genuinely, genuinely thought of as an attempt to create. This, but the illusion is created, Hugh, to the benefit of the very wealthy supporter who may be a genuine supporter of the club. That's fine. I'm not saying because you're wealthy, you can't be, uh, you know, a salt of the earth fan. But the people that would benefit most from greater contact with the players, from greater exposure, perhaps, to what goes on behind the scenes are the young supporters, the impressionable supporters, maybe those who've been season ticket holders for 20 or 30 years, some of whom, by the way, have had to move seats because of yeah. Tunnel Club. Yeah, and we've heard from true. them on yeah. Twitter as well, someone tw- who was very understanding about it, but had been paying 800 quid or so for his season ticket. He's been moved along a block away from his great position, yeah, right pretty close to the right behind the dugouts, He's yeah. been moved along so that somebody instead can pay mm. £15,000 for that seat. Now, I, I can't believe he's understanding about that. I, I think it's utterly absurd how you can ask someone who has had a season ticket for multiple years to move seat to an inferior seat in the ground so that you can try and find yet another 
avenue of generating income that simply a club like Manchester City does not need. How, how many people are involved in this tunnel? How, how many people can it see to can, can it cater for? Is um, it a couple of hundred? Downstairs will be about 150, upstairs about the same. Yeah, maybe about, about 300, 300, 300 something like that. But it's, it, because, the, because the seats are big, it takes up a huge area. Yeah. Mm. And one of the fellows that walks, the dog, walks his dog in, in the park where I walk my dog is a City season ticket holder and he was shifted by the club to... to um, was he understanding about it? No, he was furious because they tried to shift him to the top tier. Yeah, no, I've no, sat no. up there. Listen, yeah. you, might, you might as well watch well, it. Telling, but, it's, <laughs> but it's insulting. That, yeah. that, that and, is and, deeply insulting. And that makes no sense. And what, what I said at the very beginning, I'm going to remind everybody about now, just in case everybody thinks I have some sort of financial benefit in saying all this stuff. My, my appreciation of it is completely superficial in that they've done a nice job. It's designed quite nice. Yeah. I like the principle of it. What the Cowboys do is great, but it's worth saying, yes, it's for the rich fan, but there are ways of integrating with young fans in a different way that are more cost-effective to that young fan or that family. And they will attempt to do that in a different way, understanding that there's no way that they can afford £15,000. So it's not like this is the only way of attempting to engage with the fans. And what Roy said earlier on, and, and we need to kind of broaden out beyond just the tunnel club, is the fact is that fans feel like they need to replace the broken bond between fans and players. Back when Andy was playing, that would have happened. You would have come out of the training ground and you would have had fans. You would have signed stuff. But clubs still do. I've been to Everton. I've been in many, many clubs where the players, it's, it's the same as it was 25 years ago. They walk past... All the fans there, they sign autographs, and it, there's the interaction. And maybe a lot, it is, it's the grades of, of, of kind of um, what fans, the experience they want. Do they want to see a player before a game in his suit, after a game in his suit? Do they want to try and see them in the tunnel? I suppose are we saying, is there anything wrong with it? But what is wrong is moving people who've been there for maybe 10, 15, watching City for years and years, and they just get shunted along. I'm amazed that people understand that I'd be absolutely up in arms they if should, they said they should be given read. free access to well, the tunnel club for yeah. two or three years. A lot of clubs still have players do still have a lot of interaction with fans, um, and that's how it was but, 25 but, years but ago. But so that a lot of the clubs try to obviously work very hard to, to keep that going. City is obviously a bit different. Is it the stature of the club, the money these players yeah, earn? I don't know. It it's it's well a be. different level. But you tell me, when you were a player, mm. you didn't necessarily enjoy the aspect of being the fish. In Rory's in, in in Rory's metaphor, you did not want to be the you didn't enjoy that aspect of it. So can you understand that the that the clubs have to be artificial in a way? It's in, the reason trying it's to the reconnect they're doing it for, Again, I, I do think it is an illusion, even though it's and it is but artificial. But again, if the are, are the fans never, falling for this, or are they get players yes, exactly. to come in yeah, and yeah, sit yeah. down and yes, have tea? Yes, with them I know that. Game, yes, yeah, they? I know that. And that's why if the fans are enjoying it, and they're happy to pay the money to get that artificial connection with players that can't even see them. Do, do they know the players can't see them? Yes. Yeah. So they're absolutely aware, absolutely aware the money that they're paying, what they're getting. It is closer than a lot of fans probably wouldn't want to do this anyway. But the players but I, would I, I never do think agree you're paying for it. an illusion. The players would never agree to do it no, they if they could they see yeah, the fans yeah, yeah. Well, no, because no, they no, no. don't want yeah, necessarily. Yeah. Tottenham have a tunnel club built into their new stadium, mm. which has no glass. So they're go- that, that's like, like the, the Cowboys, Cowboys then. The, so right. the Cowboys, they walk through a bar. So fans will be able to pelt players with rotten yeah, veg after with the leftover food. I've got to admit, I'd be standard if Tottenham didn't put glass in. Uh, or 12 ounce Wagyu beef <laughs> no, so the, but, when, but when City come in they come in on the top floor yes. and they come in through, yeah, yeah, through a, yeah. you know, a colonnade yeah. of fans yeah. so that, that there is that, that contact to a, certain, a different point of the game different point in their preparation but, but the football club the, the football side of the football club 
if somebody says to Pep Guardiola, we're doing this tunnel club, even if it's, you know, somebody who completely respects, like the chief operating officer or Ferran Soriano, friends, respected colleagues, they say, we're going to have this and there's, you know, the players are going to be able to see the fans and the fans are going to be, they just say no. Yeah, I think, well, and I, it wouldn't happen. It would only happen on the say so or the understanding of the football, the football side department. of it. Yeah. And they have relented because they know it's very important about fan engagement from a kind of ethereal point of view or aesthetic point of view. And also from the card hold cash of bringing in. But why should bringing we, in why are we not talking about fan engagement from an actual point? So this is what I'm this is say. Thing because, because, because uh, you I, tell me how the pl- how that conversation goes with the manager of the football club. No. Oh, we need the players to come and spend more time with fans. You're just going to say no. Hugh, well, well, I can say this one. But the answer shouldn't be no. The answer should be that you're very well, well paid. It should the, be a the question. Support, yeah, exactly. This, look, this is what you're doing. It's a contractual obligation. That, that, that's fine. But I'm just talking about what the world is like. You, well, those I, conversations happen with that. the with the management staff, and they say yeah. when Pep Guardiola arrived, he said no interviews to be done to any non rights holding media at any point. But it staggers me that the manager is having this conversation. But it would have been the same with Sir Alex Ferguson. All these these managers who have a very very strong vice like grip on the club because they're either a huge personality or they've been sought after for so many years. They come into the club and what they say goes. So what the club then has to do is try to find a way of doing what they need to do or want to do whether it's because of financial gain or because of this artifice of fan engagement. They have to find a way round the fact that the football side of it will say no to that, no to that, no to that, no to that. So how do they get a compromise? And this, really, from all angles, is one of the best compromises so you could you could come to. Right, to I'll br- let Rory speak and then I'll get angry again. <laughs> to broaden it out. So you're turning green, Stephen. To go back, again, I do I'm, hope I'm, your trousers don't quick, burst. Get me another off. coffee. <laughs> By the way, that, that was that was supposed to be a broad point, not just about mm. Manchester City. I think it'd be no, the same. No, 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 yeah. To go back to Ahmed's tweet, which I yeah. think is really interesting. So. He's right that fans do feel as though they've never had better access, but that is all curated access. And the best example of that, and that I, I'm not, I'm not pro or anti tunnel club. I just find the whole phenomenon quite interesting, and, and it, trying to sort of explore it further by speaking to different people, I found it more and more interesting. And I think it's quite important. Fans do feel, and that there is a link here between sort of social media and things like tunnel club. They are born of the same impulse which is all explained much better than I'm doing it now in the article. It's not explained as well as it needed to be there, but never mind. <laughs> uh, so with social media, fans do feel, oh, this is brilliant. I can see what James Ward-Prowse is having for breakfast, but it's what they want you to see. It isn't access, it's curated yes. access. And this is the same thing. It's the modern equivalent of like a fan club, wasn't it? When yeah. you used to sort of sign up for a fan club and you'd get you know, a, a letter once yeah. a month from your favourite player or card. your favourite TV <laughs> celebrity. Yeah, I got, I got a birthday Kurt card. Kurt Cobain writing to you about his love of health foods yeah, there you go. and things like that. Yeah, so, so you get what they send you. You get what they yeah, want control. you to it's have. It's one-way traffic. Exactly. Yeah, even I though you feel... Ver- I got a very good birthday card on my 10th birthday from my favourite player. But do, do I've tri- treasured it ever since. So no, but, but do people point. feel it's, 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 it's nearly, a two-way it's conversation and actually it isn't? Yeah. It's nearly as long ago that, by the way, that uh, Ian Wright nicked your, uh, your book about Howard Watts. Damn him. I, I, do, I do think people, not, not everybody, and there'll be lots of people listening to this who are like, well, no, I, I know it's curated and it's not like it's an original point. I think there is a, a core of people who probably do feel it's, it's genuine access. And sadly, I suspect a lot of those people are probably kids who think... I'm getting this amazing access. If you, you don't go to a player's Twitter account or his Instagram page and see their posts, look at the replies. Some of those replies, this isn't, isn't meant to sound patronising, and we, have all, we all said before we started recording that it's hard for us in the media or yeah. in Chinch's case as a former player to not to look at this all cynically because we get, we are fortunate yeah. enough to have access to players. Yeah. And in, 
like, I always say to people like I'm amazed that like clubs live stream press conferences just the press conference is the most boring God, thing in the entire world yeah. but to a lot of people that is behind the curtain stuff and that is interesting the other thing that someone else said to me on Twitter that I think is really interesting if you want to create access hold open training sessions and this is where it, come, it comes to Hugh's point about Guardiola you could do that. There are loads of ways you could open a club up. And lots of Premier League clubs do, do, that, ha- do, do have the yeah. infrastructure in place. Oh, yeah. City, City well, have got a fantastic training complex now within a sort of stadium environment. You, you could certainly do that. They, easy. I'm not picking on City, no, by the way. They did have an uh, open example. training yeah, session yeah, all right, yeah, so in they, August. So they had one open training session in yeah. August. And it was a big it was a big kind of fan engagement yeah. effort. And isn't that brilliant? Well done, City. Well done, City. They deserve yeah. praise. There's a lot of clubs don't even do that. Did, what Bayern Munich did three a week? Yes, and they three a week open abroad all the time. And it is. All I love Guardiola. I absolutely. I, I love his football. I really want him to succeed. Partly, because I think it's important that that I, I think it's weird the way he's become this kind of. Oh, well, if he fails, and doesn't it show the Premier League's great? Does even Pep can't do it here? You foreigners aren't as good as us English. And I hate that about the have British. You been, have you been hanging out with Daishu? That's not an impression of Sean Daishu. Who is currently trying to sign foreign players. Was that Ray Winston? No, it was Ray Winston. No, it was a strong Ray Winston. Ray Winston. But this, but Pep's weird anti-media anti-exposure thing is absolutely enrages me the club should all be contractually obliged to do at least one open training session every week how hard is it how hard is that to do? Is it cultural, though, from what you're saying, Bayern, doing what they do? Uh, it's never existed. Is it, is it the coaches or is it the club or is it the culture of the country? You must, have, you must have been training on, like, park pitches. I can't... You cheeky, cheeky. <laughs> no, the cities, cities... They weren't even green, we, had, we had Platt Lane, which was... You know, actually, that was on a main on road. Yeah, yeah. It had kind yeah. of uh, yeah. fencing that people could... But no one ever came <laughs> and watched us train because we were rubbish. <laughs> 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 no one was coming to the matches. <laughs> but Everton had Belfield, which was like a walled yeah. training, but it wasn't done for that reason. It was all houses around. That's just how it was so these new ones the state-of-the-art ones i just presume clubs at least once once a month would would have open really that, no, that does because do that's that's a great way of having that connection and it's not on a match day so it should be nice and relaxed you know but what's again, going to be happening but again they're using it yeah. as an effort to artificially create yeah. the fan engagement but not mm. just let it be they yes. create yeah. the gap yeah and in this case right they don't monetize it but they they create a gap that doesn't need to exist and then fill it and say give us some credit and that is appalling. Yeah. And Pep's approach, and this is, this, I don't want to get sort of all high and mighty about the media, just no one has sympathy for journalists. Who the hell does Pep Guardiola think is reading or watching the interviews? Crying out loud, they're your fans. Yeah, yeah. If yeah. you sit down, it's not, it's not like the only people who read interviews are, are journalists themselves. If you want to create access, offer access to the, to the media, not the Pravda media of your own they, television channel. F- football managers make you feel as though you're providing this interview service for their next opponents. And this is kind of like some spying mission that you're on. Mm. The only person who's really interested in the the, the depth of your quotes is a fan of your... You're you're doing it for your own personal career development. It infuriates me. This is about the the, the Man City, the the Kyle Walker sending off against Everton. Guardiola, next question, I'm not answering it. Raheem Sterling gets sent off against Bournemouth. I want to have a big conversation about Raheem Sterling sending off. Now, I'm sorry, you you cannot do that. Can can you not see how how ridiculous that looks? Because, again, your fans want to hear what Guardiola's view is on everything. So on sendings off, if you say, I'm not speaking to you, I'm not speaking to the media about that, the fans are then shortchanged. That's why, that's, so that's the point that you're making. That's why, that's, that's why it's important that you so, do speak. But the, the thing about train, open training sessions, the reason that this is relevant, in Germany, he hated having to have all that access. But the club said to him, look, Pep, 
don't really care whether you like it or not. This is what we. Do, this is how we do things. And part of the reason there are a lot of people at Bayern who were glad to be rid of him is because he was not. He's obviously a brilliant football manager, but because this kind of weird, like hermetic intensity, just didn't really fit with their ethos. Mm. And well, Bayern, Bayern are a massive mm. commercial juggernaut, and they will make money however they can make money. But even at Bayern, the fans own what forty nine percent of the club. Yeah, well, we're kind of in yeah, theory. It is, yeah. yeah, significant. They've got a significant representation in that sort of boardroom level. You don't have to say Nostrasse, and three times a week there's fans just milling around. There's a bit. There's a beer place on the corner of the training pitch. There is no reason the clubs couldn't do that here. There is no reason they couldn't offer greater access to the media. There's no reason they couldn't offer as. I know Liverpool and Everton have done. Let fan respected fan sites in to the press conferences. Give them access to players. That that is a way of in, of encouraging access. You don't have to do it with quite this level of artifice. There are natural ways to encourage access. So we're looking at access to players. Steve, if you were taking your kids, would you take them to an open training session where they can get a signature, shake hands with Kevin De Bruyne, or would you take them in the tunnel club where they can watch players through through one way glass? Which would you do? Open training session every yeah. day. I mean, my my six year old is is really getting into football mm-hmm. and all sports but he's just at my, my, my dad took him to a match just, just last weekend and he's been full of the chat ever since got a shirt in, in the club shop the, just the idea of, of of getting up close and you know relatively personal with one or two of his favourite players would be fantastic for him obviously the kids at school have just got into swapping it's not stickers anymore it's uh, oh, match, match, attack. match attack cards and stuff and they love all that stuff and, and I just think that would sort of fuel the imagination it would further generate the interest uh, and especially you know especially in Manchester with Manchester City who have done an awful lot of good work mm. in local schools and I will give them credit on one thing last season FA Cup semi-final weekend on the Thursday afternoon we received an email from the school saying right first come first serve this offer has gone out from City to 50 schools in the area a child from your school and a parent on a coach to Wembley for the cup semi-final this weekend, go. And I thought that was a brilliant, you know, you can make jokes about, oh, they hadn't sold their allocation, there Mm. were tickets available, but I thought that was a really good way of Manchester City making a positive from a situation that could have been perceived as a negative. You know, you've not sold your ticket allocation for a a cup semi-final. And they made those tickets available to young people in the area who might have then become fans. And I thought that was brilliant. But we need to see more of that stuff and let, for example, you know, Tunnel Club, in principle, a great idea, but it doesn't need to be a great idea for whole high rollers, you know, people who are getting six-figure bonuses at the end of the year who can afford to do something like that. Why not make that available to mm. see, you know, you, the, the sort of your ground-level fans, those people who have been supporters forever, give them that illusion of a of a connection with the club and the players. Don't give it to somebody who can probably afford to get that connection with the players in some other way anyway. Was that what you were angry about? Because you said you had more anger to give us. Uh, He's getting, getting well, some Chinch, sort of Swedish Chinch massage Chinch now. didn't go and get a coffee, so I'm pretty angry. I've, never, I've never seen uh, you as, as vehement as no, this. I, just, I love it, Steve. I love should, it. We should pay tribute very quickly to... Mm. Um, organizations like Everton in the community, City yeah. in the community, yeah, yeah. Who, who have helped to engender that feeling of belonging, yeah. um, particularly in those those areas of the community that cannot afford to go to the Tunnel Club because they do. And City in the community, for example, have been doing it for 30 years. Everton in the community always seem to win awards They're for what amazing. they do. Everton's, Absolutely Everton's, brilliant. So, yeah. so we should do, say, do it. And, and, and they and are providing that 
one in a million fan yeah, but it's access, the but they are limited again by the football element who say, well, yeah. you're allowed access to this player. The city and the community who work alongside the club, part of the club, but clearly they're a separate organisation. Yeah. They say, can we have Kevin De Bruyne? Yes, you can, but contractually only four times a season. And if, for example, we change our training schedule just before you have a school visit with Kevin De Bruyne, unfortunately, he won't be able to do it. So, so they are still the arbiters and of that's this the whole aspect. The ev- so, there's no better example than Everton. Although all clubs do it, and they all they all try really hard to kind of make themselves. Burnley, I think, do loads of brilliant work in the community as well to try and really bond themselves mm-hmm. to the place that they are from. Burnley is a club that is of its place in a way that a lot of clubs aren't anymore. But the problem is that the the but play- that contributes the- to the great atmosphere at Turf Moor. Yeah, it does. Way. Yeah, that, yeah. that sort of community, yeah. that sense yeah. of community, that sense of spirit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the problem you've got is that if you're Kevin De Bruyne. Or, or whoever, and I sp- spoke to Mike Garlick, who's Burnley's chief executive about this a while ago, and he said that they, when, the, when a player signs for Burnley, they say to them, look, part of your job is going out into the community and doing stuff. Yeah. And sometimes you, the players would like to do that I and think, don't have any, any I think a lot of the players problems like with it themselves. It. I think a lot of the players like doing it, especially, especially the more intelligent ones. But the players are, are normal human beings, and that, you know, they, they know that it's a good thing to do, and it makes them feel nice. There's no such thing as altruism and all that stuff, but they, they get a good feeling from it because they are doing a nice thing. And it's, like, if someone said to me, Rory's running to strolling, you'll have like 600 kids tell you you're amazing. I'd probably do it. Yeah. Just for my ego. <laughs> but at the same honest. time, at the well, same time. Is that so not what your, your Twitter timeline's like? Uh, is no, that not just people telling you? Almost the exact opposite. <laughs> no, but, the, but, so, but, but very briefly, just on that point, if somebody said to you, go into the school, you'll have 600 people telling you, but you don't have to, and do you know what? You can go home if you want effort. to. Yeah, you'd be like, I'm going to say, all right, fine. And after, I'm sure after a while, it is a chore for the players, and they are, they are, you know, they have a lot of other stuff to think about, and it's difficult for them. Too many clubs are too kind of enthralled to the whims and the natural sort of, not resentfulness, but laziness or sort of the natural sort of chairiness of young, quite immature men. Mm-hmm. The players should be being told as soon as they sit down. Sorry, in fact, not even being told. There should be a clause in the contract saying you will fulfil whatever community requirements the club asks of you during the duration of, for the duration of this contract. Litter picking, in, sweeping <laughs> the streets. Do you know what, if the club say if the club say to them that look, there's some I don't know, there's some Withenshaw drive for to tidy up Withenshaw Park in August, and we're going to send two players down on a Saturday morning to litter pit for an hour. Yeah. Your I, job. I, You're getting paid 150, 200 grand a week. Do it. I mm. think a lot of uh, uh, a lot of clubs do insert it into contracts I would alongside so. the likes of Manchester United, who insert insert into their contracts their obligations to talk to MUTV a certain amount of times per per month. Yeah, that was so, so I think uh, <laughs> yeah, they try, um, but. M- they try with the community aspects as well. And you often run up against, yes, the behemoth is the football side of the club, but you also run up against a player who knows he has the power. Yeah. And that, that sometimes is an issue. Listen, we, we've, we've talked um, probably a little bit longer than we should have done on this subject, but hopefully though, isn't it? it was interesting stuff for most people uh, who enjoyed it. Um, and Steve got really cross. And Steve got really cross, which yeah, is I something yeah, that I, I really enjoy as well. Chinch has been quite quiet today, but well, he looks frightened. We're going to we're going make imagining what it would have been like if uh, there was a tunnel club when he was playing <laughs> yeah. the city. If people gawping through one-way glass at him. I, I want to see Ian Bishop. <laughs> Get <laughs> yeah. out of the way, Hinchcliffe. You're in well, my see way. Well, see me tie my laces an even number of times. Is it true? What I've heard about Neville Southall. play better. Oh, those stories are definitely true. So let's make amends, shall we? Never mind Jack and Ori. It's time for a soccer story. This is when Andy tells us from his playing days with all adult behaviour and libel-worthy details removed is it about some element of fan engagement no somebody came up to you, you asked, they asked you for an autograph and you said no get lost no 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 Chins this is giving this people is a lift home after the game this yeah. is, uh, buying this them fish and chips <laughs> no 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 never did that this is managerial and player um 
consultation, we'll call it, before a game. You know, you have your, your team chats. This is at Sheffield Wednesday, by the way. Danny Wilson was manager. Danny was a, a brilliant forward-thinking uh, coach and, and manager. He had people assessing the role, the job that he was doing to improve his job. And he worked so hard with the players, talked to all the players an awful lot. And he kind of interacted a lot. He didn't just tell them what to do. He, he kind of worked with his players to get the best out of them. So we were having a, a team meeting before we played Man United at Hillsborough. And we were talking about if we win the toss, we'd, we'd like to win the toss. And if we win the toss... How are we going to kick off? And a lot of fans might think, well, you don't think about things like that. You just move the ball and, and keep it and start playing, don't you? Well, we had this. Play. Everton did the same thing as well. They, they had me, <laughs> me, but we'd basically kick off. The ball would be rolled back and I'd a step forward from left back and I would drill it over the top of the opposition's left back over, over the his top head. Of these stands. But no, that was fine. If you did that, it was fine. Because what you didn't want to do was drop it on the chest of the opposition's left back and then suddenly they were coming forward from your kickoff. So it was a plan that we dropped the ball because obviously if you can just drop it in behind a defence that's then retreating towards its own goal, if it can stay in play, great. If it goes out of play, the opposition have got a throw in by their corner flag so you can press a team in right from the kickoff. So rather than go back to your goalkeeper who lumps it up the field, we knocked it back and we dropped this ball over the top of the top of the opposition left back. So this was the plan. So we're chatting away and I chatting away and I'm thinking, well, maybe something I can add to this to make it you know, as if I'm really interested. So I said to Danny, well, um, if we're doing that with the, the first kickoff, what, what do we do with the next one that we get? And he said, well, there's not going to be a next one, is there? Because we're not going to concede a goal. And I, oh, shit, I've forgotten. <laughs> and we actually lost 1-0. So we did have to kick <laughs> off again. Did and that caught right? him out. That learned him, didn't it? Did he get it right hey, the second time? I don't know what to do second time. I think we just went back to the goalkeeper. <laughs> but I just, you know, thinking, oh, what can I say? What can I say? What if we do? Are we going to change it up for the next free, the next kickoff we have, Danny? Well, there's not going to be a next one, is there? We're only going to have one because we're not going to concede. We're playing Man United. Of course we're going to concede. <laughs> Teddy Sheringham, 1-0. There's the second kickoff. <laughs> but teams, you know, if I was a left-back thinking that's, they're, they're kicking off, surely that's why drop a little bit deeper and think, well, the last thing I want is a ball drop. If I drop a little bit deeper, he might, they might change the... They didn't. The back forward squeeze up and every time we used to just drop the ball out and then we were steaming forward. You know, Kanchelska steaming down the wing to close the left back. You know down. what that means, don't you? That means that they were all looking at Chinch thinking, there's no way he's doing this again. He's just getting lucky. He's done it again! <laughs> How much time did he spend in training with somebody just rolling the ball no, gently to no, you? No, he did. Launching we it. did. We sort of basically no, we didn't launch it. You put a bit of backspin. You, yeah, we were trying to stop it in the corner quadrant, I bet, weren't yeah, you? Well, was, that, was, that the, was that the target of, yes, zone? Kind of, yes. In that area between the edge of the penalty area and, and, the, and the corner flag. Yes, trying to drop Do it in that what? square. You were wasted to football. With a, of, with a bit of backswaz on it. Backswaz is a technical You should term. have played rugby league. Uh, you were wasted to football. Yeah, or American NFL football. Panther, just boots it as far as you can through a, into a... T- but that is, is, it does it. Then it puts the opposition from your kick-off, you're high up the field, they're on the back foot, quaking, thinking, oh my God, what are they going to do next? They're, they're so technically savvy. <laughs> Oh, no, we score, so you have to have another kick on there to go back to your goalkeeper. Uh, before we go, a reminder to join our Premier League Predictions League. There is not long to go. Well, it may well have passed the deadline if you're listening to this after Friday at 6pm. tinyurl.com slash menu or click on the link to our Twitter page. Uh, you have until 6pm on September the 1st, so Friday if you're listening straight away. After that, you can down tools and just watch your baby fly. Uh, get in touch with the podcast at menu on Twitter or setpiecemenu at gmail.com. Please do subscribe, share, rate and review. Those last two things are, as I mentioned before, rather important in the world of iTunes. We do humbly ask you to continue to find room for us in your podcast share. Thank you to Steve, Andy and Rory and to you for listening. We'll be back with another set piece menu for you to enjoy very soon. I think we all got a bit angry then. We all need to... Well, it's about time. We do tend to agree a little bit too often. Do I'm sure it's been a criticism in the past. Do we need more tension? You should go away more often. Go, it's Pro- we're cross with you when you get back. <laughs> My cats were very cross when I went away. They pooed in three different places in the spare bedroom.
In the spare bedroom? In the spare bedroom. They got into the spare Why bedroom. Why didn't you take him out of the spare bedroom? Well, because I was in Berlin, you. which is a different country. Was somebody in the house at all? Or uh, was your wife, a, maybe? Or? No, because she, she came with me on holiday. Oh, did she? I thought yeah. just the two of you went. Oh, what, me and Steve? I thought it was a boy's trip. No, no, no. It was, oh. It was my wife's no, those, day, those days are over. That's why we had so a So you lock your cats in the spare room for all the time no, you're away? they managed to lock themselves in the spare room. It's not particularly clever, is it? Gemma no, is convinced that they're like velociraptors in Jurassic Park and they figure out how to actually turn a handle and come into yeah, the room. Yeah, but Gemma's always saying stuff like the velo- velo- velociraptors in Jurassic Park. It's weird. How did they, did they, how did they get in? How, did, uh, do you have a handle? Or is it a, is it a twist knob? How many times does she use she, that analogy she's in She's obsessed with those velociraptors. <laughs> any, any animal that shows any sort of intelligence, immediately mm. they are now killing children. Do you have to dress as a, as a velociraptor on certain occasions? What, what your only eyebrows, <laughs> what your eyebrows <laughs> are doing there are slightly <laughs> upsetting. <laughs> only when he needs to try to convince Jimmy he's actually quite clever.